We're in a series, Want More. Or, Want More? We're gonna talk about money. Everybody say money. Why are we gonna talk about money in church? Because money is very important in our life, right? It takes money to come here. It takes money to, to be in this place so that we can enjoy our, the presence of God through this place. And it takes money to advance the kingdom of God. That's why we're not talking about money in church. Money is not the problem. It's more about how we handle money is the problem. And most of the time, we fail on that. Why? Because rest to ourselves alone, we fail, right? Bible says Steve Shavrak, okay, one of the authors of the book that uh, helps me in even in, in, in handling my ha- money, says that Jesus talked about money more than any t- other topic. Mm. More than heaven and more than hell. Not only do two-thirds of the parables deal with money, but money is discussed over 2,300 times in the Bible. Wow. It's like one-third of the promise of this of God. That's why the Bible talks about money. Why? Because it says this, how we view and handle money is one of the main barometers of our spiritual lives. And how we spend money and it's also how we spend time also, uh, it, it, it measures the level of values that we have in our life. If we spend more time or spend more money in businesses, because it's not what we value. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's why we need to look and evaluate ourselves. Where does our money go to every day? The money that you are in your bank account or even in your wallet has a direct impact in our hearts because money is important. That's why we can look at ourselves today. This series, our goal is that at the end of the series, we will have a biblical understanding of money that will result in a life of greater faith because it has an impact spiritually in our life, how we handle money. But not only, but we have a life of contentment. Not we will enjoy our life not being pity of what we don't have, but being blessed of what we have already. And thirdly, is that we have a life of generosity. Now, generosity doesn't have to be money. It could be time. It could be effort. It could be love. It could be something else that we could do to other people. And today, my question for us to answer today, why we need to do this, why we need to look at money and talk about money and evaluate ourselves in our hearts, because we always ask this question, what is in it for me? When somebody will approach you and ask you for, to invest on something, what are the things that when we put on to this investment or even to this uh, item that we are going to buy, what is it for me? Today, we're going to talk more about it, that the more that we allow God to use us and use our money, our use our wealth and resources in our life to know who God is in our lives. Are you ready? All right, can we stand in our feet as we read the Word of God in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19? Like, this is actually a letter of Paul, the Apostle Paul, okay, to Timothy. And then Timothy was preaching, okay, I was, was already pastoring a, a small church in Ephesus, one of the churches in Ephesus, and he was actually teaching people how to live a godly life, but not only to live a godly life, but to live a godly life with contentment and with a heart, okay, that really seeks to honor God and being generous to others. So today, we're going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, 
And we're going to go through this and I'm going to go back also from week one and week two so that we will understand, okay, why is Timothy saying this, uh, Paul is saying these things to Timothy. Okay, verse, chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the day. I pray that, Lord, uh, as we study your word, as we learn from your word, as we absorb your word, I pray that Lord, it's just an information that we need to know or a knowledge that we need just to, 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 to evaluate ourselves. But I pray that it will cause transformation in our hearts, Lord. I pray that all of us here today uh, will learn from your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, be upon in, in our midst today. Let your presence be felt. Open our blinders so that we can see you, who you really are as our God. But not only that, open our hearts so that we will know more of who you are and we can humbly okay, submit ourselves to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Please take your seats. First week, we're going to review lang now. First week, we talk about contentment versus greed. And this is something, attention that we always battle in our hearts, in our minds, right? Now, there's a fine line in being ambitious and being greedy, right? Or even being hopeful and being greedy. Now, I don't want you to stay where you are right now. I want you to really pursue what God wants for you in your life. But there's a fine line in being pursuing of what God wants for you and being greedy for your personal gain. That's why we need to go back to the Word of God and evaluate ourselves. Am I being greedy? Or am I just being I know, pursuing or passionate about the will of God in my life that I need more so that I can be used by God more? So that's why Timothy, or Paul said to Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. That if you are godly and seeking and pursuing God in your life, but at the same time you're content with what God has blessed you, then you are actually gaining a lot. Because what you will have will already be something that is more than what you have. And more than what you have will, be, will enable you to do what God wants you to do, to pursue His calling, what His purposes in your life. And we learn that contentment leads to great gain, but greed leads to great pain. Why? Because greed is a trap. That's why for people, for those who desire to be rich, but the question this year, actually, when Paul said this, the word desired here is to lust for it. To focus yourself on being rich and gaining more and more and more richness or wealth. That's what he was talking about. To desire, but those who desire to be rich fall into a temptation, into a trap, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Because the more that you have money, the more that you have thoughts of desiring a lot of things. Right? 
because we have this heart desire to want more. To want more things to make us feel more comfort. Right? And nothing bad with that. The problem is if we so desire it so much that we are willing to let go of everything just to have it and even to hurt people, even to get away from our faith in the Lord. If we are so busy with a lot of, no, being busy is, is not something bad. But being busy and neglecting the things that are more important than what you're being busy of is something that will destroy our life. And usually that happens. Why? Because we want more. We want more income. We want more profit. We want more comfort. We want more convenience. These are the things that are not bad. But when we focus our desires on that, this will lead it into a trap. And even, okay, the Bible would say, okay, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils, okay? It's not money, but the love of money, the desire for money, the loss for mommy, mommy, okay, okay money, okay? It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. Some of them would go to miles and miles of, 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 of travel in order for them to get some more. The problem is, how much time do you really spend now in your relationship with God? How much time and money are you spending now in order for you to gain, okay, and to know God more in your life? Now, nothing wrong with promotion, but if promotion will lead you to have lesser time with your family, with, with, with your, your kids, or most importantly, okay, your relationship with God, then something wrong with that. Scott Morton, one of the Christian advisors or maybe Christian authors, he says here, money is not good or bad. True, right? Money is neutral. But it does have the innate power to attract or to deceive. That's what Rocky mentioned last time. If you have more money, okay, more power. More money, more worth. Why? Because... Money gives us the confidence, right? Gives us the power, the worth sometimes that we need in order for us to, do, to feel good. But the problem is when we rely on money, it can deceive us saying that we have more power and more worth. And how many you here have friends and families, even ourselves, have fallen into a trap, mostly scams. Why? Because we want more money. Because we feel like this will, will solve our problems. Being rich is not a sin, but our desires can lead us to sin. That's why Paul said to Timothy, but as for you, man of God, as for us here, Christians, as for us, men and women of God, men who worship God, who follow God, who knows God, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness or piety or devotion to the Lord, and pursue faith. Okay, why I underline it? You'll see. Love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Now, verse 11, faith. Verse 12, again, fight the good fight of faith. When people in the old times repeat it, those same words, that means he's trying to emphasize the same, that word. In literary forms during the time of Paul, if you want to emphasize something, you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. 
And Paul even emphasized it as for the rich in this present age. Now, going back for the, this term rich, if you have food and clothing, you're already rich. Right? You already have enough. If you have more during that time, then you are very rich. Among you here have more than food and clothing with you. Now, food and clothing is very important during that time. That's why poor, the poor go to the church. They go to the church because most of them doesn't have, okay, don't have clothing or don't have food. So what happens during the church during that time was people go to the church, okay, and share food and clothing. For those who have more will even share it to the people that has less food and clothing. And some of them, the next week, uh, during church, during that time, it's not even weekly lang. Every day they would go that, they commune. If you're going to read Acts 2, that's what's happening. They share what they have so that nobody will be in need. If you are rich and you go to church and you find people, okay, that are needy, this is what we're going to do, okay? And the presence and charge them not to be haughty, don't be arrogant, because some people will go to church and saying, I have a lot, but they don't share. And they ridicule those who are poor. Nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of their riches because they're so proud about what they have. Because they feel like they have more worth if they have more. That's what the context is. But Paul was saying, tell them, tell to the rich, to those people who have more, that's enough to put their hopes on God who richly, what? Richly? Provide with us with everything to enjoy. This is what faith is all about. He was saying, fight the good fight of faith. Pursue faith. Why? Because faith enables us to trust God in all circumstances and believe that He richly what? Provides us with everything to enjoy. Who among you here, you're enjoying your life right now. Now, why we can enjoy things in life? Because if we, are, if we know what is important and what is valuable, and we know we are contented right now with what we have, you'll enjoy everything that you have right now. And you will be so grateful with everything that is more of what you have. But actually, we have more than enough. First, we are blessed by God to have this life, to be able to worship God, to be able to come here in church with all that we need. But when we fail to see God in our circumstances, then you will always feel pitiful. And if we know that God that we worship will richly provide for everything that we need to enjoy, the problem is that we want more in order for us to enjoy, Right? You know what? And sometimes we compare others of what they have from what we have. And that's why you have already more than enough, but because you feel like you're lacking in comparison to other people or to your standards of being blessed and be joyful, then we're so pitiful about our life. We feel like we're not blessed enough. And if we don't have the faith to see who God is in our life, we'll always have problems and feel like we're so messed up because we lack something. Now, that's not something that God wants. He wants us to have faith, to believe 
that He richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Why? Because that's who He is. He provides us with everything to enjoy in life that we have right now. Relationships, family, work, all of these things that we have is for us to enjoy. For them to have cars during that time, well, may cars na sila, or anything more than food and clothing is a luxury. It's a luxury. That's why we need to have faith for enable for us to see who God is and be able to hope on His promises. Remember this picture that uh, Rocky shared to us last time, right? Among you here last week. I realized that this picture is really amazing. It says, as Corrie ten Boom says, uh, in order to realize the worth of an anchor, we need to feel the stress of the storm. True, right? And you will not find it. And, and, and the problem is, even if your anchor is strong, but if your chain is not, there's always still a problem, right? The, the bedrock or the, the, the floor, the ocean floor where the anchor holds to, it could be also who God is. The question that I have for you, where does your anchor is anchoring right now? Is it on the riches of this world or the richness of God? Because people are limited. The world is limited. I have friends that fall into this trap that their work is the one that will bring them to a level of wealth. And, and prosperity, but sooner or later, they realize that it will just crumble and just fail them. That's why we need to know where to hold our anchor. Is it on people? Is it on our career? Is it on our business? Is it on our connections? Where does our anchor is holding on to? We can access God. We can anchor to God because of the promises that He says in our life. That's why the more that we know who God is, the more that we know God's promises in our life, that's where we hang on to, okay? We use that to hang on the character of God. Who among you here love to sing the great God? He is a great God. The question that I have for you, do you know the promises of God? Why is He a great God? Because if that is only just something that you heard and not experienced and not know, then definitely you will have a second-hand experience lang. A second-hand information. But it's okay if you had a second information, but you still search for it. If you know that God is our healer, where do you find the promise of God that He will heal you? If you believe you heard that God is a provider, we're in the Bible that God promises that He will provide for all our needs. problem with us, we just know information, but not really the person. We know who God is, but we haven't really sought God who He is. And never really know His promises that He said to us. This is what this is. God's promises, the anchor. If you know, okay, the anchor, okay, if you have promises, you can hold it. But the problem is, we know sometimes God's promises, but we don't know. We know God, who He is. We know, we recite all the promises of God. The problem is, sometimes we don't believe in those promises. That's where faith comes in. Faith is the one that holds us. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. 
that makes us anchor to who God is, to the character of God. Faith is believing. Faith is just saying, it's not just knowing the promises, but believing and holding on to the promises of God. That He is, that all promises of God is yes and amen in Christ, even if you don't see it, but you believe it. Because faith is not believing, uh, it's not seeing and believing. Faith is believing and then you will see what happens to God. Romans 4.16 says there, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be okay, to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law or those who are Israelites during that time, but even for those who are not of the law or not Israelites that believe the same faith with Abraham. That means that God's promises comes by faith so that it may be by grace. That means it is not dependent on our strength, on our ability, on our resources, on ourselves. It's not about you. Look at the person beside you again. It's not about you. Because it's only God who can give the promises that He can be said in His Word. And it comes by faith so that you have nothing to do with it. Because it is by His grace. Grace means gift. Who among you here, you bought something that is gifted to you? Gifts, what's given to you. It's not because you bought it or earned it. It was given to you. And grace is like that. It's given. It's freely given. That's why if we have faith in God, it will help us go against self-sufficiency. And that self-sufficiency okay, will lead us to pride because you think that you are the man, you are the woman who made it. Who among you he heard about somebody would say, I am a self-made man, self-made woman. Faith will lead us to humility because faith is a declaration saying, Lord, you are greater than I am. This mountain that I face, you are bigger than that. I cannot walk this mountain or I cannot climb this mountain, but self-sufficiency will lead to pride saying, I deserve all of this. That's why I have a lot of things right now because I deserve all of this. That's what happens when we are so self-sufficient about our lives that we forget to thank God. We forget to put our faith in God. That's why Moses had to remind the Israelites when we, they got too proud because of the provision of God for them. He said this, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Mm. Among you are guilty of that. But remember, it is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Well, maybe your intellect, your wisdom, and your hard work brought you to that promotion. But who gave you that wisdom in the first place? Who gave you that brain for you to think? Who gave you that opportunities? Maybe it was the Lord who gives you that ability or that opportunity or that connection. Or maybe that Wisdom in order for you to be, a, to be blessed so that you will become a blessing to people. But first and foremost, be thankful to God. 
because it is God who gives us the ability to produce wealth. While greed and self-sufficiency will result to entitlement and selfishness. Why? Why does it result to selfishness? Because you feel like everything that you have now, is you, you deserve it. I will splurge everything that I have right now because I earned it. Wow. I will go to any country. No, I'm not saying it's not bad. It's, not, it's bad though. I'm saying it's bad. Why are you saying all these things? Is it because you're too good? Or maybe God is good into your life. Faith or godliness. Godliness is faith applied in our life. It's devotion to God applied in our life. Faith or godliness and contentment will result to a life of generosity. Why? Because you feel like you're so blessed so much that a lot need people needs to be blessed around me. In a life of gratefulness, you'll be more grateful when you know that everything that you have is because of the blessing of God and everything that we have, God has given us is for His glory and for His purposes. No, knowing that it is He who gives us the ability to produce wealth in this life that we have right now. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. That's what the Bible is saying. All those property that we had, yes, you earned it. You purchased it with your salary. You purchased it with your commission. Even the strength that you have, the ability that you have in order for you to work is by the grace of God that is given to us. That's why people here, even people who doesn't know Jesus Christ, is so blessed. Why? Because even despite, okay, of their lack of knowledge of God, God is still blessing them. How much more that we know God? How much more when we know the character of God? How much more when we see who God is in our life and see the miracles of God in the person's life beside us? That's why here, my friends, my family, okay, don't be so pity about yourself, pitiful about yourself because you're more blessed than you think you are. You are more blessed because you know who God is. Some people doesn't know God, don't know God. Why? Because nobody's sharing to them. But there are, I've, I've heard a lot of testimonies that even people that are so wealthy, still they can find joy in their life. Why? Because they're still searching for something that will give them joy, everlasting joy that nobody can give to them, and that is a relationship with God. But we have that. We have that now. Now I'm going to share to you quickly, right, the results of our faith in God. If you have faith in God and you see who He is, you know His character, you know His promises, and you have faith in God and His promises and character, you know what? This is what will happen to us. What happened to, the, to us when we know uh, we have faith in the Lord and we know that He's a great guest? God, He will enable us in doing good to others. Why? Because you know that you have a good God. You know that you have a great God, that you are not limited, that you can do all things through Christ who give you the strength, that even if you're weak, you know that you have the grace of God in order for you to do good to others, that you can forgive even if people are unforgivable, that you can love even if people are unlovable, that you can be a blessing even if you feel like you're not blessed because you know who God is, because you know what you have is more than enough what God gave us to us 
First Timothy 6.18, he said this, those who are rich, those put their hopes on God who, gives, uh, who provides richly everything that we need to enjoy, and then they are to do good. That's what Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, they are to do good. All of us here to do good, to be rich in what? To be rich in money? No, right? To, but to be rich in good works. Those good works is not something that you need to do in order to earn the favor of God. You have already have the favor of God. We didn't earn it. He freely gave it to us because He loves us. When he, we have the favor of God, when we have the goodness of God, it enables you to do good and even do good works to others. Even if you don't know you can, God will enable us because He empowers us with His grace. Now, to be generous. Who is more generous? A person who gives five pesos every day to another person or a person who gives only one time in his life but five million? Who is more generous? Who is more generous? If you feel like generosity is by amount, then maybe you will say five million, the person who gave five million. Right? But even that person who gave five million, maybe his wealth, okay, his earning every month is 500 million. That's only a small thing for him. But a person who gives five pesos, even if smallest or gamay, but that is his lifestyle to give every day, then that person is generous. Because his lifestyle is not based on what he has, but based on what he has already have that he can give to others. That's generosity. It's a lifestyle. We can be generous, feel like we're generous because we're giving a lot, but our heart is not there. They're not really generous. And ready to share. Now, some people take advantage of this because there are really people that are ready to share. But you know what? Even if people take advantage of you, if you feel like this is what God is leading you, feel like this is, you believe that God is empowering you to share what you have, because now you're not only giving to the person to make that person feel good, but you're giving in faith. Because your God will supply all your needs through your glorious riches. I'm not saying that you should splurge everything. But if God has given you that heart to give and be generous and be ready to share, why not? We have a lot of people, we have a lot of organizations that are in need of, of help. Not here only in church, outside the church. We have people going to juvenile prisons, right? And giving food, giving giving clothing, and not only that, they're sharing the gospel. We have ushers here who go to Handaman and High School, giving them food to eat or even share to the families, right? And they have a lot? No, they don't have a lot. They just have something to share. What's in us that we can share today? We can keep doing good to others because our God has always been good to us and will always be good. To us, who among you here, you feel and you believe that God is good, and who among you here believe that God has been good to us, so that we can share that goodness to others. God has blessed us so much, so that we can be a blessing. God has blessed me in my life, and I may not have everything that I have right now. I may not have all the wealth in the world right now, but I'm happy because God has given me everything in this life to enjoy. Why? Because the fact that I know God is good, that will make me 
enjoy life today. That's why all we need to do is to believe that God is good to us so that we can enjoy what we have today. And secondly, it stores us up good foundations for the future. That's what Paul said, right? Thus, if we do good works, be generous and be ready to share, you're not only storing up investment, it does store up treasure for themselves as good foundations for the future. Now, what is this future saying? Anything that is present, beyond present, until the future, and eternity, because the word means, okay, mellow, okay, the future means mellow in Greek word, original word, says the things that are to be both here and in eternity. So not only in eternal, but even from now until the end of your days, until you die, you are storing up good foundation in your life when you do good works and obey God and His promises to us. Why? Right? Matthew 7 verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus is saying, and do them or does them will be like a wise man who built this house on a rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and the beat on that house, but it did not fall. Why? Because you stored up good foundation when you exercise your faith in God and be generous and do good works and be ready to share. You're actually maturing your faith and your knowledge of who God is. And later on when you face a lot of trouble, a lot of circumstances that you don't like, Whatever trials that you will face, you will have this good foundation and it will make you stand in the midst of storm and earthquakes in your life. Because you know who God is, who provided everything for what you need now and even what the people need around you because you've been, been a blessing to them. It stores up good foundation. You'll be founded on the rock. What is that rock? God who God is, God's promises. Mark 10, verse 21, Jesus said also for those, his disciples, do not be anxious, don't worry about tomorrow. Okay? He said that fear not, little flat, for it is your father's, what? Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old. What he's saying here, because he was following, the disciples that he is calling is to follow him everywhere we go. And you will need money in order for us to advance God's kingdom. In order for people to know who God is, sometimes you just need to bless them, spend something for them, so that they will realize that God is good because God has been good to you. Sell your possessions. And with money bags that do not grow old, and with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Now they say that we're going to have treasures in heaven later on. And I believe in that. That's why for some of us here, you're going through a tough time. Don't worry. Just do the will of God. Continue to do good works. Continue to do good others because we will have treasures in heaven. But we don't need to go to heaven first in order for us to enjoy God. Because today, with everything that He's given us, we can enjoy it. His goodness right now. But one treasure that we will have during that time is the treasure of seeing souls and lives in heaven because you allow God to use you and your wealth and your resources 
in order to bless others so that they may know who God is also. There will be no thief that approaches no more to destroy. And lastly, is to live a truly good life. What is good life to you? What is really to have really a good life? For some of us, maybe to have a house to live in. Maybe to have a car or to have a career. To have everything that you need for in life so that you can... Now, if that's really just a good life for you, then you're thinking small. Or maybe we have a wrong perspective of what truly good life is. Because good in this world may not be good to anyone. And later on, you feel like, if you only have these things, my life will be good. But later on, you realize, but your life is not yet good. Why? Because anything in this world can never satisfy us. Only God can satisfy us. Only the goodness of God can satisfy us. It says, let's take hold of what is really, truly life. What is truly life? The life there means Zoe, means both of the physical and the spiritual existence that we have right now. The good life of God is not just for us to have all these things that we need in this life, but the goodness of God is for us not only to enjoy life here on earth, but life with Him from now on until eternity. The problem is we chose the physical goodness rather than the spiritual. Why? I'd rather be happy experiencing all this pleasure than having this pleasure in knowing God. Now there's a problem with us. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's what the enemy is saying. He steals uh, our joy, our purpose and calling by giving us more. You know the enemy can give you more wealth? Because he knows also what you need, your desires. Problem is, when we focus on that, it drives us away to what truly good life is. That is what Jesus promises, have life. Zoe kind of life. Abundant fullness of life. Forgiven from our sins. Living a life that is truly pleasing and honoring to God. This is why when we have this eternal perspective, we can live this life here on earth with that hope. That we have a good God. And the God that we worship today and we honor is a God who will never leave me nor forsake me. Who will always be there for me and provide everything richly. Provide everything that I need in this life for both physical and spiritual. That's the kind of life that God wants for us. We can all have the treasure here on earth. But we, if we don't have the true treasure, which is God, then we're missing a lot. We're missing a lot. We're missing a lot in this life. The life we have in Christ empowers us to live 
a life that truly honors God. I end, I want to end in this, this scripture by Paul to the Church of Corinthians says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. He came from heaven to earth being a man. Poor man, carpenter. He even suffered the death of a sinner so that we will become rich. Rich in what? Rich in His grace, in His love, in His goodness. Because when we have Christ, we have everything, right? When we have Him, we have life. Life to the full. Can we bow down our heads? Let's pray, Lord. We thank You. We praise You, Lord. We thank You that everything that we have here in life is a blessing. Forgive us for seeing what is lacking more than what we have now. Forgive us, Lord, that we feel so entitled and so ungrateful sometimes or most of the times because there are things in our life that are missing that we didn't see that you have fully blessed us in this life so that we can enjoy you, so that we can enjoy your goodness, so that we can enjoy your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you align our hearts today. Lead it to you, not to the temporary things in this world, but let it draw near to you so it will draw near to us. I want to pray for a group of people. If you're here, you're going through financial trouble or burden or needs today. My prayer is not to God to provide for you. My prayer is that you will have a faith to believe that God will provide for you. Because it's the faith that enables us to Believe God and trust God in all circumstances. You might be in lack, but if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can say to that lack, say, go to the sea. Because right now, I have a big God. I have a big and good and mighty God. And if you're that right now and you feel like there's so, there's a financial mountain in front of you that is so big, and you need the grace of God to have that faith to climb that mountain. I want to just lift your hands as an act of humility and saying, Lord, that's me, Pastor. Saying, I need your help on this matter financially. Thank you for that time. Thank you, Lord. Whether it's a need in your school, whether it's a need in your family, whether it's a need to be healed in your sickness, or it's a deal, a financial opportunity that you know that God is giving you the grace. It's all about humility. This is not to shame us, but it's about humbling us. Lord, I pray for these men and women that are raising their hands. I pray that you will give them the faith, 
faith that will move that mountain, that financial mountain that's somehow blocking their way in order for them to see who you are in their life. I pray that you will give them the faith to see beyond that mountain, that though it's so big, you will give them the hoof, Lord, the feet like a deer that will climb mountains. Or better yet, you will give them wings of eagle to soar high above those mountains. Or most, better yet, Lord, Father God, you'll give them that lens that sees your provision beyond that mountain, Lord. I pray for that grace to overflow. You said in the word, My, your grace is sufficient for us, for your power is made perfect in our weakness, Lord. All the more that we are weak, Lord, we pray for your grace and your strength that we can do all things through Christ who give us the strength, who gives us the ability to produce wealth, who give us the wisdom to know and to believe what is really, truly treasure in our life. I pray that you give us that confidence, that faith, Lord, that no matter what, we will not let go of your promises. We will not settle for what the world offers to us. We will allow you to lead us and to be with us so that we will know what truly life is. That is a life knowing you and have faith in you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lastly, if you're here today and you feel like you're not yet connected to Jesus Christ, somehow you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, the only way we can access the promises to God is when we have Jesus Christ in our life. No one close to the Father, Jesus said, except through me. So if you're here today with all his bow down, and you want, if you believe that God is calling you to a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, this is maybe the opportunity for you to start a life that is truly blessed with him. With all his bow down, and if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ starting today until eternity, I want you to just... As an act of faith and humility, I want you to just lift your hand and say, Lord, I want to start a relationship with you. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. See the hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for that person, Lord. Anyone else? God bless you in the back. I see you. God bless you, my child. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? And if you're that person, say this prayer with me. Say this as an act of faith and as an act of confession saying you're giving your life to Christ. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you give me this opportunity to know you and to start a relationship with you. I'm sorry for my sins that has separated me from you and from knowing you. But I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to live here on earth and to die on the cross for me so that my sins will be washed away by his blood. I believe that you raised him from the dead and he is alive so that I can hold on to his promise 
that those who have faith in Christ will be alive again. I receive that forgiveness. Say that by faith. I receive that forgiveness and I thank you. Teach me to love you, to honor you, and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Just praise God for that. Now, if you're that person, don't stop there. Ask us here how you can continue your relationship with God because God has something more, a lot more in store for each and every one of us here. Right? Can we just lift our hands as we pray? Lord, we thank you. Lord, we declare your peace in our life. As number 624-26, Lord, we claim this. Lord, give us peace. Bless us and keep us. Make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your time with your family this holiday. And hope to see you next Sunday. God bless you.